Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're ever injured in an accident and you're worried about if a lawyer is going to cost you too much money, the advocates, they will provide help for you. No out-of-pocket costs until your case is settled. You pass the stress of your accident off to the advocates. That helps you focus on getting better. To find out how the advocates can help you, you can call them free of charge, 406-640-4444 today, or you can visit MontanaAdvocates.com. And remember, you deserve an advocate. Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! I think that means it's go time. What's up, Montana? Welcome in. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. First whirlwind weekend since football got over, and it was great to be back on the road, taking this show on the road, and now back in the seat here with you. Hope you had a great weekend. Got a ton of stuff to get to. That was the busiest sports weekend we've had. That was a non-football weekend in about six months. So it felt good to be rocking and rolling Covered the Big Sky Conference Indoor Track and Field Championships in Bozeman on Friday and Saturday. Beat feet on I-90. Got here, drove into the mo- one of the most beautiful sunsets I've ever seen in Montana. Right over Rock Creek. Rolled in midway through the first quarter of the Montana-Montana State women's basketball game Saturday night in Missoula. Had an unbelievably fun time after the game. Catching up and chopping it up with uh, several different former Lady Grizz legends and just talking about all the things that have involved the University of Montana women's basketball program over the last many, many years. And then on Sunday, a little matinee between the men and for all of the tumult and all of the things that have happened and all of the continuing races that exist within the Big Sky Conference and within the Treasure State in Division I athletics... 
It was cool to see an indoor championship hosted in Bozeman and see exactly how much investment in a sport like track and field can benefit your university and your athletic department. And it was also great to see the Grizz faithful back in ravenous and rabid form over the weekend. Best women's basketball crowd I've seen in Missoula in several years on uh, Saturday evening in Missoula. And though, even then, though that the uh, men's game had 5,285, which is about 1,500 short of what you're used to seeing, still great atmosphere in Missoula as well, and it continues to be really, really tough to win in Missoula. And now, because Montana sweeps Montana State this weekend in women's and men's basketball, respectively, the Grizz had home victories this calendar academic year in Missoula in football in November of 2020, and then this last weekend in basketball. So the more things change, the more they stay the same. There's been a lot of ups and downs at the University of Montana and the athletic department, but the fact is the Grizz still pretty tough to beat at home. They looked really tough to beat this last weekend. So we'll get into that. How does this team, how do these two teams and how do these programs move forward and prove they can win away from the friendly confines of Dahlberg Arena, prove that they can win away from the friendly confines of Washington Grizz. So many different interview subjects to get to, so many different sound bites and pieces of feedback to share. We'll get things started off here like we do each Monday with the Montana football slash basketball hour. We're talking exclusively, though, hoops today. All Cackers all the time. We'll hear sound from Travis DeCure, head coach from the University of Montana men's team. Victors 80-74 to over the Bobcats. They dominated the game more than that for most of it, but then MSU, like the championship contenders that they are, made a run toward the end and, and cut it down, got it down to four, and ended up losing by six. But a good win for Travis DeCure's squad. So for, we'll hear from Coach Travis, as well as Josh Bannon and Brandon Whitney, a pair of sophomores for the Grizz that helped lead the charge. We'll also hear from Danny Sprinkle, Montana State men's basketball coach. That'll be the first of two appearances by Sprinkle this week, as well as the first of two appearances by Coach DeCure. I'm going to sit down with Coach DeCure Wednesday morning, so very much look forward to that. We'll get to that in a minute. Both the uh, the profile that I am writing about him, uh, as well as he will also be our Grizz Star of the Week because he is now 14-2 and against Montana State. And he continues to climb the all-time wins chart at the University of Montana, one of the richest men's basketball trees in the country. We'll hear from Danny Sprinkle, his first of two appearances as well. He did not mince words when it came to his scrutiny of the effort of his team yesterday in Missoula. The women, the Lady Grizz, looked as good as they've looked in the last five years. That was the best I've seen Montana look collectively and cumulatively in terms of confidence, mental fortitude, zest, charisma. They, they looked like a Lady Grizz team that was having a hell of a lot of fun and a Lady Grizz team that was riding the momentum of Dahlberg Arena. And even though the home court advantage at Montana has not wavered much since Robin Selvig retired, the Lady Grizz have not always been able to harness it, and they've had often had mental blocks in which they can't get over the hump, they can't seem to surge towards the end of games, but they did that on Saturday evening, and they beat Montana State 71-57, a huge win for the Lady Grizz in the scope of the rivalry because they'd lost seven in a row to the Cats, and that seemed infeasible a handful of years ago when Selvig was still stocking the sidelines. But a big win for the Lady Grizz nonetheless. So we'll hear from Brian Holsinger, the first-year head coach for the Lady Grizz, 
um, as well as uh, Sophia Styles, the uh, outstanding senior uh, for the Lady Grizz. And we'll hear from Darian White, the point guard for the Montana State Bobcats as well, after her team had their winning streak snapped. Hour number two, we're going to recap the Big State Conference Indoor Track and Field Championships with uh, a couple pieces of sound. Elena Carter, who's a Helena native, she won the short hurdles uh, in championship fashion, so congratulations to her. She's a Montana State runner right now, junior at MSU. Drake Schneider, a Another outstanding middle distance runner there at MSU had a great day. Uh, he won in the 200 place, excuse me, won in the 400, placed in the 200, and then won the winning leg on the 4x400. So we caught up with him. He's a guy that's been on the show a couple times as well. And then we also hear from Jaden Green, who's one of the outstanding sprinters from the University of Montana and the best finisher finisher for the Grizz track team. So we'll do that in hour number two as part of our River City Runners and. The rivalry game between the Cats and the Grizz always takes center stage in the Big Sky Conference, but there's a ton of other stuff going on, a ton of other action around the league, so we'll also take you all the way around the league and give you an update on the conference tournament race, the conference title race, and what it's looking like with Boise on the horizon. Every game, every team in the league has about three, between three and two games left, depending on which makeup games you got to have. But there's Big Sky Conference basketball games every single night now for, I believe, the next 11 nights. So that should be very, very fun to go through all of the games. And we'll be, of course, broadcasting to you live courtside from Idaho Central Arena in Boise from stem to CERN for the Big Sky Conference men's and women's basketball tournaments. So that will be very, very fun as well. You want to check out the show, stream it, listen to it on your cell phone, your laptop, your tablet. You can always do that by visiting our station website, 1029ESPN.com. Click on Listen Live and you'll find the stream. You want to be a part of the show? You got opinions or thoughts or questions about the Cacuras basketball games or the Big Sky Indoor Track and Field Championships or anything else that's burning in your sports consciousness? Call us, text us, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. And all guests will join us via the Rangers Brothers RV phone line. And, of course, we are broadcasting to you live from the Northwest Motorsport Studio. You can visit Northwest Motorsport online by visiting nwmsrocks.com. So there you go. That's what we got in the show today. That's our show outlook presented by Brent Wahlberg and the Wahlberg team. Brent and his team, the official realtors of Grizz Athletics, but also veterans in the Missoula real estate in- industry. So any questions you might have, give Brent and his team a call today. We're going to get into the track and field stuff in the second hour. We're going to get into the Montana State-Montana women's game in the uh, second segment of the Montana Basketball Hour, but we dive into the Montana Basketball Hour, proudly presented by the Advocates, with the men's game. Have you been injured in an accident that wasn't your fault? The Advocates can help. Call 406-640-4444 today. Speak to an attorney at no cost, and always remember, you deserve an advocate. The men's game was... It was one of the strangest games that I can remember. When you look at the box score, there was really no way to indicate specific reasons why Montana controlled the game from start to finish, except for just a couple areas. For example, if you lose the rebounding margin in a game by 13 rebounds, chances are you got your butt kicked. Montana didn't trail 
for the last 35 minutes of this game, yet they did get out-rebounded 36-23. to That said, there wasn't a lot of shots missed to have rebounds provided. Both teams shot over 50%, but this was not some offensive shootout back and forth. In fact, it was Montana State making a bunch of free throws to stay in the game, sort of, and not really ever making a run until the end. And it was completely unlikely, but the fact of the matter and the straw that broke the camel's back, twofold. One, Montana State does not turn the ball over. They are the best team in the Big Sky Cowards at taking care of the ball. That makes sense because they have a sixth-year point guard in Xavier Bishop and a sixth-year two-guard in Amin Adamu. Yet those guys, plus a couple of the role players for the Bobcats, had a really hard time taking care of the ball. 15 turnovers for MSU. That was the only other stat that really stood out besides the fact that Montana made 11 three-pointers and Montana State made one. That I did not see coming. The Grizz, for all of the things that they're known for doing well and all of the things that they're known for not doing well and the struggles that they had coming into this game, losing five of their last seven, losing to teams that are... 9th, 10th, and 11th in the conference. No one could have predicted that Montana would make 11 threes. Brandon Whitney made four three-pointers. All Big Sky Conference play leading up until Saturday. He hit a couple big ones uh, on Sunday against the Bobcats. Josh Bannon hit a couple, including a bank shot to get him going in the first half that then sparked an 18-point first half that was capped by him hitting a shot at the first half buzzer. 7 of 9 in the first half for Bannon. 18 points on the way to a game high for the Grizzlies, that is. 23 points for the sophomore from Australia. Whitney got to the rim at will for about the first 10 minutes of the game. He was 4 of 4 to start out the game. He ended up with 17 points and was very good defensively. Xavier Bishop ended up with 27 points, the game high, with Whitney as his primary defender. But 14 of those points came in the last two minutes of the game as Montana State tried to rally furiously. But it was just such an interesting game because not only was it sort of unlikely that the Grizz would shoot that well, but also it was the first time for the trio that provides the foundation for the UM basketball team right now. That is Brandon Whitney, Josh Bannon, and Robbie Beasley. That was their first time playing in a home Cat-Grizz game with a raucous crowd. And again, I know that they were uh, far short of what they wanted in terms of total attendance, but the crowd was very good and it had a very big effect on the game nonetheless. And uh, MSU, who was searching for their first sweep of the Grizz since 2009 and looking to sew up at least a share of their first Big Sky title since 2002, instead they lost, which was a rare occasion for a team that entered the game with a 13-3 Big Sky Conference record. And uh, a lot of these guys on the Grizz, they never got to experience that sort of environment. So we'll talk about that element a little bit later on. We're going to hear from Travis Zakir, the head coach for the Grizz basketball team here in just a minute. But we'll bring in our producer, Andrew Houghton who was there covering this stuff for both us here at ESPN Missoula as well as SkylineSportsMT.com. We got a whole variety of content up there at SkylineSportsMT.com, whether it's the post-game press conferences for the men and the women's games from over the weekend. You also got your whole Twitter feed, so you can see all the results from the Big Sky Conference Track and Field Championships. We also got a, a feature that Andrew wrote about the Lady Grizz seniors sort of celebrating and setting themselves off in style, including Sophia Styles and Abby Anderson, sort of the two spearheads other than Carmen G. Feller for that Lady Grizz win. And we also have some featureized stories on each of the actual contests, some of the scenes uh, from Dahlberg Arena over the weekend. But, Andrew, um, the number one docking point coming out of this game was all the fouls. For example, there was eight offensive fouls called in the second half alone, including six offensive fouls called in the first five minutes of the second half. 
a lot, a lot, a lot of flopping and charges being taken and all this other stuff. But also, regardless of any of the anomalous nature of this game, this was a breakthrough win for Montana, one they actually absolutely had to have because if you get swept by the Cats and you've lost six out of eight going into your final home weekend, that ain't good for anybody if you're Montana. Well, and especially if you start showing cracks at home to Coulter, this put them to 14-1 and at Dahlberg Arena, but uh, they lost just a week or two ago to Northern Arizona in overtime at Dahlberg, which is sort of a shocking loss. If you do that and then in quick succession you lose to your rival at home, suddenly that's the one thing that you can rely on and you're starting to show cracks there, and how does that affect their confidence? So I agree with you, really big win, and it was uh, nice the way that they got it. I mean, Josh Bannon's quickly showing that he's one of the most dependable players in the league. He had another great game. And all the guards played well. I mean, aside from Beasley and, and Brandon Whitney, Lionel Martin hit a couple big shots. Josh Vasquez came off the bench. Freddie Brown got off the bench. Kyle Owens got some good minutes. I thought it was good up and down the roster. Let's hear from Travis DeCure because he touches on that point. They were pretty explicit in the fact that, uh, first of all, if you'd never seen Jabril Bello, as the old coaching saying would go, that's what they look like. He looks like a top a top power five level player. He's just built different than anybody else. I mean, Josh Bannon is a nice looking athlete. He's a six foot nine, six foot ten guy, long arms, wingspan. We were having a debate on press row how much more Bello weighed than each of the guys guarding him. Bello's listed at two forty, but but he's an enormous man. I mean, he has giant hands. He's incredibly. Uh, muscular for, as well as being long and tall. And, he, I mean, when he when he puts his mind to it, he's the most dominant force in the Big Sky Conference. Yet Montana, with Mac Anderson on the bench and Scott Blakeney in foul trouble literally 20 seconds into the game, uh, they had to adjust some stuff. But Coach Secure talked about, hey, we got four guys and 20 fouls to use on this guy. Let's go ahead and do it. To his credit, Bellow finished with 21 points and 16 rebounds, including making 9 of 11 from the free throw line, which is sometimes his Achilles heel. He's actually not a bad free throw shooter for how big he is, but uh, it can be a place where you can pick up some points. So they basically played hack-a-shack, and it worked out for him. And uh, Coach DeCure talked about that. So here, let's hear from Travis DeCure. He moved to 14-2 and two against Montana State in his eight seasons at the helm, leading his alma mater. Big win, big win. We, we you know, I watched our game um, in Bozeman maybe – I don't know, four or five times. Um, and, and, and it was a hard one to swallow because I thought our game plan was on point. I thought we did a good job of executing the things we wanted to execute. We had some foul trouble, but that's kind of been our MO. Um, but, but the biggest thing that was hard to swallow was we just didn't make shots. I, I thought we played that game well enough to win. It's a four-point game. Two and a half, three minutes to go. We got the shots we wanted. They just didn't go in. And, and that happens. It's part of the game. Um, and, and we walk away, you know, fairly emotional about that loss. Um, but at the same time, it gives you confidence at home because we typically shoot better at home. Um, and, and, and so we, we had a lot of confidence going into this one. But at the end of the day, we needed to minimize their threes and hold them one for eight. Only get eight attempts is huge. Um, and, and then we felt if we could force 15 turnovers, we'd get enough extra possessions that we could put enough points on the board uh, to be a problem for them tonight. And we, we did both of those. You guys came out so strong. So what do you think of the mentality of these guys and sort of the toughness they show for the duration of this game? One, I, I think we have a tough group. I, I think we have a group that's about the right things. Um, guys show up early, win, lose, or draw. They show up early, they work. Uh, they allow our staff to coach. Um, they they want to be a part of success. So I, I think our frame of mind and the way we're built is about winning. 
Um, and, and, and so I'm always going to be proud of them for their efforts and, and the way that we, we push forward through adversity. And, and I thought the last two days these guys were focused. We had their attention. Uh, they knew, you know, the Southern Utah game, we, we let that get away. Um, and if we're just a little more focused through adversity, we could finish the game off, which is what happened today. Uh, and, and, and it didn't hurt having a, you know, a, a former MVP come in the locker room and give our guys a little bit of a, a push, a little bit of an attaboy in Kareem Jamar. Brandon, when he was in here, mentioned that um, he thought your guys' aggressiveness and energy was high and theirs was the worst he thought he'd seen this year. So, I mean, did you notice that, I guess, where everything you guys were kind of taking advantage, like kind of right out of the gates? Like, you no, I, I didn't really notice it. Um, you, you, you notice that maybe a couple guys aren't playing well. Uh, and, and their mojo isn't going. And, and I think sometimes the game dictates that. It, it, we've struggled with the same thing as we've had some games where maybe two or three guys, they just don't really have their mojo. And, and some of it is because they're not making shots or their man that they're guarding is. Adversity does that to guys. Uh, these, these games are hard. And, and so I, I wouldn't say that these guys didn't show up. I, I just think that the, the way the game went, some guys, you know, just never really got it going. And that happens. But those are probably the same guys that, played very well against us last time um so that's kind of how it happens and hopefully we see him again on a on a saturday and we, we get a chance to do this thing one more time coach there's a scuffle right in front of the bench like two minutes and 18 seconds left and then there's a timeout and it looked like josh kind of get got into everybody so what'd you think of him sort of taking control of the huddle there uh and kind of reigniting you guys it, it's called refusing to lose and you know we just we we had some adversity we turned the ball over i thought some guys got hesitant uh, didn't really want to make plays and, was, and maybe looking for someone else to do it. And, you know, before I fired into the guys, he did it. And I, I think that when you hold yourself accountable, you can do that. Um, and, and I think that those guys needed to hear from a teammate, like, no, we're not losing this game. Let's figure it out. Let's make it happen. Let's go. And I really didn't have a whole lot to say in the timeout after that. I just kind of let the guys go. It's what Coach Takira has been preaching for, asking for, begging for at times. Travis DeCure is going to get after you as hard as any coach in America. He's one of the hardest coaching guys. I'm, ter- I'm talking about blunt, to the point, rip your face off if you don't do it right. He is he's a dog. That's what kind of coach he is. He has had so many guys that respond to that. that because Montana has been riding and relying on freshmen last year and sophomores this year, they're still coming around to respond. You've seen Josh Bannon evolve as a player and improve a tremendous amount over the last year or so. And he has become a true all-conference caliber player, and he showed that again by scoring a team-high 23 points against Montana State in that 80-74 to victory. But what Montana needs is for Bannon to continue to encompass that moment I talked about right there. Not letting his guys go. Not letting the ship sink. Not letting the scoring droughts and the meltdowns be a part of the narrative for the Grizz. So I thought that was the biggest turning point for this team was Bannon rallying the troops. The Grizz having a 12-point lead in the second half, which they did not blow. I mean, it was like rinse and repeat that the Grizz would get an 8-12-point to 12 point lead in the second half of games for the last two years, and then they wouldn't be able to close it out most of the time. Well, they did at home on Saturday, on Sunday, excuse me, and they got themselves a rivalry victory. It's the Montana Basketball Hour presented by the advocates. If you've been in an accident, you probably have a lot of questions. The advocates have the answers. Call 406-640-4444 today and get the help you deserve. It's ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television. The other thing about this Grizz team, and I, I know that 
coaches tend to talk up the league they play in and talk up the opponent they're about to play pretty prevalently. You always get a lot of that of boys and, and good kudos and all that when you know you're you're interviewing a coach previewing his upcoming opponent. But I know that both Montana and Montana State, their head coaches, Travis DeCure and Danny Sprinkle, who we're here from in just a minute, they have a lot, uh, first of all, in common, but they also have a lot of respect for each other. And DeCure, he, he he's owned the Cats, but you can tell he has so much respect for Montana State. That said, the Danny Sprinkle has told me he thinks that Montana is one of the most dangerous teams in the Big Sky Conference, and they looked like it in dispatching the number one team in the league just yesterday. So the Grizz are the most polarizing team in this conference to analyze. There's been times on this show where I am sitting here ranting and raving, talking about unacceptable losses like losing in overtime to Northern Arizona or getting blown out on the road against Idaho State the first time they'd lost to ISU in more than a decade. But then we're also sitting here talking about conference title contention and whipping Weber at home, blowing by Montana State at home. The Grizz own victories this season over Weber State, Montana State, Southern Utah. Those are the three top teams in the conference. They also swept Eastern Washington, who's biting at Montana's heels for that last seeded spot. And the Grizz got one more shot at Northern Colorado, a team they lost to by three back in December with UNC coming to town. What does Travis DeCure think of the dichotomy? The Grizz, little Jekyll and Hyde, 14-1 at home, 4-10 on the road, like Andrew Houghton mentioned. But better yet, when they play the best competition, they play their best. When they're playing the Portland States and Northern Arizonas and Idaho's of the world, it doesn't look nearly as good. Why? We asked Coach to cure that following Sunday's victory over Montana State. What does it say about the potential of this team and moving forward? We told him um, before the game, you know, we, we've we've outplayed pretty much everyone for 20 minutes at some point in time. We're in the first 20, second 20. Let's put 40 together and see what happens. I, I just don't feel like when we play the way we're supposed to play and we stick to the plan and we stick together, um, that there's no one we can't beat if we do it for 40 minutes. And, and tonight was an example of that. Um, but that's hard to do. It, it takes a level of maturity. And you, you're looking at two guys who are in their second year of basketball, and most of these teams are being led by guys who are in their sec- sixth year of college. And, and so uh, their maturity is going to be, you know, they're going to be a little more confident in these situations because they've been in them a lot more. There's some guys that have played 150 games. These guys, they haven't even gotten to 60 yet. The Montana Basketball Hour. Travis DeCure, University of Montana, eighth-year head men's basketball coach here on ESPN Radio. It's presented by The Advocates. Have you been injured in an accident that wasn't your fault? The Advocates can help. Call 406-640-4444 today and speak to an attorney at no cost. Remember, you deserve an advocate. Andrew, in sports, the, the narrative of teams that are really young or rebuilding or relying on guys that are freshmen and sophomores, it's a compelling one, particularly when those guys perform above their heads. And, you know, we always talk, our, our, our favorite buzzwords are words like potential. But I also think that you can pump the narrative of potential and what the future might hold. Ironically, if you're really up and down and bad when you're young, as soon as you show flashes and or have any modicum of consistency of being good when you're young, then when you talk about being young... It becomes an excuse, even if it's not an excuse, it's just a reality. As Travis Takir was just saying, I mean, Xavier Bishop was playing in like his 140-something game as a college basketball player on Saturday for Montana State. Amin Adamu, he's a sixth-year senior as well. 
Brandon Whitney, Robbie Beasley are just getting towards the end of their second years in college hoops, and the first year was a completely anomalous and weird grind. So what do you think of this dichotomy? Because, in fact, the fact that the Grizz have looked really good against really good teams in this league, it, it almost, like, flips the narrative. And then when Coach DeCure gives you straight facts, like he just did about how inexperienced his team still is and how they still are learning, you're like, well, yeah, but you guys are the Grizz. You guys should be better than this. What, what do you think? Do we not give Montana enough grace uh, because of the name on the front of their jersey? Well, I think when you look at it, Coulter, the inconsistency is exactly what you would expect from a young team. And I totally. think that when you look at it that way, it makes a lot of sense. I, as far as, you know, being too hard on them, I think sometimes people are. Because sure. when you have, you know, 5,000 plus people in there and you're beating the, the Cats, it's easy to, to think of really big things with this team. But I think that that's one of the defining characteristics of a lot of young teams, of a lot of talented young teams. If you're a young team and you're not going anywhere, you're not going to be inconsistent. You're just going to be bad. For sure. If you're a young team that has talent, of course you're going to see some inconsistency. And, you know, I think for this Grizz team it's especially pronounced because not only do they not really have the experienced guys who are there, not even to to dominate on the court or to take the reins, but just to sort of show people the ropes. They don't really right. have anybody like that even who's been in the program for totally. years and years and years. I mean, Mac Anderson is. Kind of, right. Yeah. yeah. Yes, but he... And, he, he, and they, they have no connection to those old teams, right? For Except sure. for Mac Anderson. Right. Mac, old- Mac Anderson, Kyle Owens, Derek Carter-Hollinger, and Josh Vasquez are the only guys on this entire roster that had ever even played in rivalry games against the Cats where people were in the stands. Yeah. Yeah, so that comes that shows through, and of course you're going to have some inconsistency there. And because you know you've got young guys handling the ball, you've got young guys you know running the offense. I think it makes a lot of sense for us, and it's just important to remember that. I think we also maybe let you just assume the guards that Travis DeCure recruits are just going to be among the better guards in the league the day they step onto campus. Right, and these guys have have already established themselves as like pretty good guards within the scope of the league. They're not quite as good as Michael Ogine was when he was a sophomore, or Maude Rory was when he was a sophomore, but those guys are two of the greatest guards in the history of Grizz basketball, two of the better guards in the history of the big sky. So, you know, again, the, the previous tradition sort of resets this expectation. And I, I think that they love the fact that the bar is so high, but also, you know, you're just not getting another Michael Ogine anytime soon. He was a historically good player. Right, but also it, it hurts that sort of continuation of the yeah. tradition to that none of those guys played with Michael Ogine. Right. You know, when right. you're playing right. on a team, how do you learn the culture and how do you learn the tradition? It's from playing with older guys and seeing, you know, what they do, how they handle themselves, how they play. A lot of a lot of the time that's what it comes from. And, and the pride, the pride, like they, like is written on their locker room door and is written at the tunnel. The pride and tradition of the Montana Grizzlies will not be entrusted to the timid or the weak. You have to have an older guy to teach you that. When to it's show your, you that. When it's yeah. your fifty five year old coach who played here twenty years before you were born, it doesn't resonate as much as when Michael Ogine or Ahmad Rory is like, dude, here's how it goes. And that was what's so interesting is the Grizz had that that pivotal all-time great senior a couple years ago, and then the cancellation of the tournament and Saeed Pridget not being able to truly affirm himself in that great, in that conversation of Grizz greats, so to speak, the program's been spiraling ever since then. 
because of a variety of reasons that were completely outside of their control from the pandemic to this transfer stuff to the fact that they had three different dudes lead the, leave the team in the middle of the year last year yeah. to then the you know the legal troubles of Nassim Gaskin all of these things derailed them and I actually think we should probably give them way more credit for getting this thing back on track because now I think they are among, if not the scariest team in the Big Sky Conference heading to Boise if they can harness the momentum of what they did yesterday against Montana State. They have the, one of the highest ceilings in the conference, certainly. That's what you're getting at. Yeah, it's just so weird with this team because when Travis DeCure came in, I mean, there was the sort of this, they just kept rolling people in. And, and now the last couple of years, there's that gap between that team yeah. and sort of, I mean, and you would expect the class that's now uh, juniors, I guess, that sure. Kyle Owens, Josh Vasquez yeah. class, they were supposed to be the guys that carry it forward, and now there's that sort of gap there in that year, and now they're trying to build something completely new. The, the answer to why those guys aren't more of a part of this is what I don't think we'll ever know the answer to. I do think there's some exterior stuff that has nothing to do with Travis DeCure or Grizz basketball or those or those guys as individuals. I think that those guys lost their they lost their chance to have the sophomore slump that everybody talks about because they had to play their sophomore seasons in a year when everybody was in a slump because you're playing in empty arenas and playing the same opponent back-to-back years. So I don't know if we'll ever really know what happened with that class. Uh, but it, it's taken them a little while to get back on track, but here they are. They've gotten back on track. But now they just need to harness exactly what Travis Secure was just talking about. How do you bring your best when your best is needed at all times? Because if you only play your best against the best teams, you're going to get bounced before you get to that portion of the tournament to try to prove it against Weber State or Southern Utah or Montana State. Yeah, but here's what's different, Coulter. It's the tournament. Like, you, you have to be able to bring it as soon as you get there, and I don't think that will be a problem because if you're only getting up for the big games, well, all of these games are big, right? right. I I'm not so sure it's a matter of the level of competition, although that's part of it. It's just like, here's the hype around this game because you're playing good teams sure. in the season. Well, when you come to the tournament, you already have that hype built in. So Montana Basketball Hour, presented by the Advocates. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a break, and on the other side, we're going to hear from Danny Sprinkle, Montana State head coach and a couple subjects from the women's game in which Montana also beat Montana State. The Montana Basketball Hour is presented by the Advocates. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. Sports Bet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sports Bet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. Oh, baby, I've been really getting excited about the return of Dave Matthews' band to the Gorge. Really excited about Third Eye Blind coming to Missoula. But this one, 
This one made me exponentially happy. We've been playing a lot of games at our house. We've been playing a lot of board games and card games. You know, just trying to stay sharp, trying to not watch the tube all the time. And we've been listening to some Tiny Desk concerts. And one of the, probably the most frequently listened to one this last couple months has been the, the Tedeschi Truck Band, which is what you're listening to right now. Susan Tedeschi and Derek Trucks, they've had a band, a collaboration for quite some time. They played Missoula before, but they are returning to Missoula September 1st. And I'm very much excited for that. We will absolutely be going to that one. Can't wait for it. Can't wait for the return of concert season here in Missoula. Welcome back to Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. I'm Coulter Nuanas coming to you from the Northwest Motorsport Studio. Northwest Motorsport boasts the largest inventory of trucks anywhere in the Pacific Northwest. You can find amazing winter savings at Northwest Motorsport by visiting nwmsrocks.com. Get pre-approved, lined up for a test drive, even an appraisal for your trade-in all online. That's nwmsrocks.com. The Montana Basketball Hour, presented by the Advocates, rolls on. The Grizz and Lady Grizz swept the Montana State Bobcats in rivalry basketball over the weekend. The ladies won 71-57 on Saturday night at Dahlberg Arena. And then the men took down the first place Bobcats 80-74 at Dahlberg yesterday afternoon. Danny Sprinkle's squad has been one of the stories of the Big Sky Conference this year, period. Not just in hoops, but in any sport. Montana State has never really chased basketball titles, at least not in my 16 years covering the Big Sky. It's been 20 years since they won a regular season title. It's been 26 seasons and counting since they've gone to the NCAA tournament. But this year, a 21-6 start, tied for the best in school history. 13 league wins already, the most ever by an MSU squad. Yet they were not able to sweep the Grizz for the first time since 2009 after losing on Sunday. That said, a lot still out in front of Danny Sprinkle's squad. They host Southern Utah tomorrow night with the opportunity to at least sew up a share of the conference championship. Coach Sprinkle did not mince words following his team's rivalry loss. Here's Danny Sprinkle from yesterday afternoon. They came out with uh, an energy and a purpose today uh, that we didn't, you know, for whatever reason. I mean, it's kind of embarrassing the purpose that we came out with. Uh, you know, we were on our heels from the jump. You know, they were driving us, they were attacking us, and we were we were like flat-footed, stuck in sand. Uh, you know, that's probably the worst defensively we played. Um, you know, I mean, they, they hit 11 threes, but they're capable of doing that. You know, they don't always shoot a bunch of threes because they're attacking downhill, but those guys are capable shooters, and obviously they showed it today. Uh, even the 17 they missed were wide open. Three, you know, they were wide open. You know, it wasn't like we gave them resistance. They just missed shots, um, which, you know, we got to get a lot better at, you know, by Tuesday. You know, we got 48 hours. We got Southern Utah at our place, and, and uh, we got to up the ante from a toughness stance uh, purpose. And, uh, you know, we got we to gotta get better. It seemed like throughout the game you kept trying to challenge them. Is it, they had a hard time responding. So, I mean, <clears throat> why was this your worst defensive performance of the season? I have, because of them, you yeah. know, their, their quickness, and they, they attacked us. You know, yeah. they were getting wherever they wanted with the dribble. And, you know, we lost vision of our guys a couple times. And, and you know, I thought Bannon was terrific, especially early. Yeah. He was actually terrific all game. You know, even when we cut it to four, he hit a big-time shot. Uh, and the other one, Whitney. You know, Whitney kicked our butts all game, too, just getting the ball to the rim whenever he wanted. And, uh, you know, for them to shoot like that and, you know, to have Beasley go one for five, you know, it, it shows what they're capable of. But... You know, I'm just, I'm disappointed in in our effort, but I do have to give them, you know, I have to give them credit because like they made us play that way, you know, with their aggressiveness. 
Bannon had it cooking in the first half. Anything you guys adjusted in the second half? Not, not really. Uh, you know, he, he was making – he's hard to guard because he's 6'10", yeah. 6'11", and he's really skilled. Um, you know, and you know, I think his first three that got him going, he banked it. You know, and then Whitney, who I think had only made four threes in conference, you know, makes a three early. And, uh, you know, that, that kind of jump-started him. And, you know, the, the end of the half was, you know, inexcusable for us. You know, from a dis discipline standpoint, we talk about getting back and transition on defense. I think there was nine seconds left, and we have two guys on the ball fouling. You know, we give up two free throws, then we get an illegal screen, and they, they hit the big three at the end of the half. You know, instead of a six-point game, it goes to 11. Your perspective, too, on that second-half comeback, just what were you kind of seeing, and what was working for you guys as, you know, Xavier was driving and getting uh, easy layups. Like, what was working uh, that got you guys back into the game late? Yeah, we finally got some stops. You know, they, they missed some open threes, and we got some runouts. Not even runouts, but, like, we got we had started attacking the paint and getting the ball to the rim. You know, X did, and, and Jabril got some layups. Even great, you know, we posted him a couple times, and he had some nice post moves. And, you know, you, I, one of you guys just mentioned, you know, those, the key moments. You know, we cut it to four, and we had a steal, and Kellentine's had it. Like, he had it, and he just lost it really quick. Where if he could have got it and got to the rim, and all of a sudden it's a two-point game, it, it's a whole different thing. But I tell these guys all the time, like, the basketball guys reward you for what you've done. And, and Montana deserved it today. You know, as hard as it is to say that, they deserved it, and that's why things like that happen. That's why those bounces go their way. It's because they, they, they worked hard enough, and their purpose was in the right place today. You, know, you had a moment there at the end of the game with Coach Takir. You don't have to show you don't want to, but, I mean, a lot of respect, it seems like, between both the head coaches in this game. Yeah, I mean, tremendous amount of respect, you know, for him. And, uh, you know, he, he told me we've had a great season and, and, you know, the respect he has for us and our program and the way we do things and act. And, you know, it's reciprocated. You know, I mean, there's obviously a reason he's had success, you know, not only here at Cal, at Old Dominion when he's a player. You know, he does things the right way and, and his kids play the right way and they play a tough style of basketball. There's still regular season and tournament games left to play. So how do you not let this one, you know, trickle into the, the next couple of weeks? Yeah, you know, I mean, we got to learn from it. You know, as, as emotional as this game is, you know, Tuesday's game is the most important game. You know, if I believe if we win that game, we at least have a share of the championship. And so we got three straight games at home. You know, hopefully the crowd comes out and hopefully we play with, you know, the energy and purpose that we need to in order to, to get a championship. Thanks, guys. You got, thank you, guys. Thank you bet. Appreciate you. Thanks, man. We'll yeah, see you Tuesday. You I guess talk to you Tuesday. There you go, Danny Sprinkle. From post-game after his team's 80-74 to 74 loss. Catching up with Coach Sprinkle on Wednesday. His team plays Southern Utah tomorrow, so usually we talk Tuesday. We'll catch up with them Wednesday. We'll play that sound for you here on Nuanas Now. It's the Montana Basketball Hour presented by the Advocates. The Lady Grizz beat the Montana State Bobcats 77 of the first 101 times the two teams played. Since then, Montana State had won 12 out of 14, including, including winning seven in a row in the rivalry overall and winning four out of the last five times at Dahlberg Arena. In Brian Holsinger's first year, the Lady Grizz put that streak to a stop Montana rolled to a 71-57 victory in the women's version of the rivalry game. Here's Coach Holsinger following his first Kakaris victory. I'm just really, I'm really, really, really proud of the upperclassmen. Um, these guys have been through so much. Um, they've been through a lot of hard things, different coaches, different things, and they've really bought in. It's one of the biggest things is, is when you have a new coach is you want the buy-in. You want the buy-in to what you want to do, and, and I've been preaching defense, 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 defense all the time, rebound, 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 because I know that that wins, and so, you know, we've gotten better and better on that end of the floor, and we made it really hard for them to score tonight. Um, I think that was the biggest thing. We, did, we didn't actually shoot the ball particularly well from three. I thought if we could have hit a few more, it, we would have really 
spaced it in the first half especially. Um, but I'm just, for the seniors to, to flip the script a little bit and get a win against that team is a big time deal. As far as just looking at the game as a whole, I mean, it's hard to evaluate on the spot. Like, did it feel like that was one of the complete performances of the season from this team? Yeah, on the defensive end, for sure, the defensive game plan. Um, you know, just I, I think we won the glass tonight, um, and that was a really big thing. And and then we're just we're a team that's a scout-based team, and so we're going to force people to do things that, they, that hopefully they're not comfortable doing as much as physically possible. And we've gotten better and better at that. Um, you know, in the first game, we gave up we gave some stuff up, some stuff in transition where we weren't locked in, so we changed up a few things there. And then we, you know, these guys, Carmen in particular, did a great job of getting out on those shooters. Um, th th those posts can shoot it, and so we just want to give them anything easy and so we limited their touches uh, we made them Brian, they switch so much defensively yeah so yeah it's a good question anytime somebody switches you know they we, we like to run on balls so and she's a great decision maker she's getting better and better they take that away by switching that's what they do they take it away and so now you have mismatches and anytime you have a mismatch it can be on the perimeter or it can be in the post and so anytime you switch I just tell our post roll as deep as possible and even if we miss you have a mismatch so that's an opportunity to get an offensive rebound and then you know her against a, a post is an advantage and so we just really worked on being aggressive um, we were a bit passive in the first game I found out real fast that that didn't work uh, we all did and so we were way more aggressive tonight and then anytime you switch you just try to take advantage of mismatches all the time slips here and there we, we got a few slips here and there um, and they went zone and we executed pretty good against the zone too got a got a screen and, and found somebody in the corner so we, we executed when we needed to um, with what they're doing but it's tricky because they you know you don't see switching all the time Idaho State and them do it a lot and so maybe they're on to something <laughs> Yeah, just do it game plan. Um, just just making sure that we do it more. You know what I mean? Like you, 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 if you have 100 possessions and you do it 99 right, you're going to be pretty good. If you do it 85 right, it's not as good. So we just execute better on, on the defensive end, the game plan. And they know the game plan. I told them today in shoot around, I said, you know, you, you, they've come a long ways. Um, how I run the defense um, takes your mind. It's not just your body. It takes your mind. And you have to think. And so that takes time to get better at. And so we've, we've continually to, to improve all season in that. And we're playing. So, Jason, because you're going to have a big matchup with Sexton, it's going to have an impact on seeding in the tournament. Yes, it will. Um, we're going to enjoy this tonight, and then uh, we'll have the day off tomorrow, and then we'll uh, we will get back to work because, I, like I said earlier on the radio, you don't win the conference tournament at home. You just don't. You don't win it. You go on the road, and you win it in a place that's neutral. And so neutral's been good to us this season, uh, but we need to go prove to ourselves as a team and as a program that we can play the right way on the road for in consecutive days. And so we're moving in that direction, um, but we have a lot to prove still, and I know they, they're not satisfied. We, we have a lot to go. This is this is just one of those things you check mark and you're proud of it and you're happy, but we have a lot to play for still. Brian, 4,000 4, people, and they don't want to go home. But what does this tell you? This, what the win means to just more than just you guys, but I guess to the Lady Grizz fans. When I took this job, this was one of the reasons um, that I wanted to be here. And this is unique. This is not everywhere. Um, I said on the radio earlier, this is they're, they're, this environment is special. The people <coughs> know when to boo. <laughs> I help them out sometimes. <laughs> but they know when to boo. They know they're intelligent. They're smart. They're, they're so fun to coach. I mean, this is so unique. I mean, that's why I tell recruits, I'm like, if you, there's so many places that don't have this. And this crowd tonight, I mean, they carried us through so many moments that it's like, we got this for these people. Um, the Lady Grizz 
fans are, are just something different. I played here in a WNIT game many years ago, and I came away like, okay, that was an experience, you know, when I was at Washington State, and they just, they don't disappoint. I, I just, I, I keep telling them on the radio, I'm like, keep coming, keep coming, we get a chance, maybe we get a chance to play in a game here, I don't know, in the postseason, I don't know, but, but uh, this team's special, this program is special, we want to re, we want to get this thing back to what it once was when Robin Selvig was at the helm. There you go. Brian Holsinger following his first rivalry game victory. Lady Grizz, 71. Montana State, 57 on Sunday on Saturday afternoon. Excuse me. I can't get these things straight. It was Sunday afternoon for the guys, Saturday evening for the girls. I'm just in my muscle memory because it's usually the women on Saturday afternoons and the men on Saturday nights. But as everything with this time of year. No idea what the schedule is anymore. Can't wait till Boise when I have the bracket printed out in front of me and they can't cancel or at least cross my fingers that they can't postpone or cancel any of the games. But uh, it'll be a lot easier to keep track of all of it. Probably the best moment of the weekend just from a story perspective. You know, People always ask us as journalists, as commentators, who do we root for? We just root for stories. And there was a lot of great storylines coming into this game, no matter what the result was going to be in the women's side of this rivalry. But one of the great stories was the fact that the Lady Grizz have five seniors who were celebrating their senior nights playing their last games, last guaranteed games at Dahlberg Arena. Sophia Stiles, Abby Anderson, um, Kylie Froelich, and Nia Morris-Nelson could all come back next year. But that's to be determined. So this was their first or their last for sure game at Dahlberg Arena, and they went out in style. And I thought it was great to see Sophia Styles. I thought played her most steady game of the year that I've been able to watch. Carmen G. Filler shot the absolute lights out. So let's hear from Sophia Styles, a Malta Montana native, former Montana Gatorade Player of the Year, about going out on top in her last home game in Missoula. Yeah, I mean, it's been amazing. I've been here for five years, and we never got a win. So to do it on senior night made it a little more special, but it was, it was awesome. Definitely took it pretty serious, but Coach Harris was definitely on me about relaxing my emotions. He said, it's just another game, Sophia, which it's nice to say, but it's something like that. Um, but, yeah, during the whole game, I was kind of with Carmen. I just wanted to get it. We've had a lot of close games, so I just I was waiting for the final buzzer. Oh, for sure. That was maybe my favorite play. Maybe next to Carmen's setback three. <laughs> but that was definitely a momentum shift, and Dahlberg exploded. I want to ask about the end of the game. We know about the history with the cast from the guys, um, but when the crowd is going crazy at the end, and you guys are sort of hugging each other, was that a moment that you thought about sort of in the years past? Yeah. And I actually really thought about it tonight, about how cool it would be to just be doing this with my teammates. But, I mean, it's a moment that I won't ever forget. Dahlberg's been amazing to me, and that is a really special moment. You mean before the game you were thinking? <laughs> yeah. I was thinking about watering Brian. Yeah. So, biggest crowd here in my suit. <laughs> You were on fire. I know you're humble, but what did it feel like for you after shooting the ball? Um, I mean, yeah, like I said. 
That got cut off, so we're going to roll right into Carmen G. Feller. She shot the absolute lights out, 5 of 7 from 3, 11 of 16 from the floor, a career high, 34 points for the junior from Colfax, Washington. Carmen G. Feller on her performance and her senior teammates. Uh, you know, the fourth quarter, it's, we've had a lot of close games, um, and so I just really wanted to see this one out. Um, I'm really happy for our team to pull away like that stay confident in ourselves and what we've accomplished so far and we're just going to keep it rolling and I'm excited for us going forward and yeah I mean it all starts with our point guard no it does not <laughs> it does I mean uh, when Sophie drives and she's aggressive they have to come at her and I was able to step out and then when our our shooters started hitting shots I was able to get looks inside and Abby's one of the best passers on our team so it's a great great setup for us there and towards the end of the first half, the, probably the highlight of the game was Nia gets you on the open pass, pump fake, and then get the open three and pull the follow through. What was going through your mind at that moment? I, I was just that. excited. I mean, that's a little <laughs> out of character, I would say. <laughs> but I was excited about it. Um, and yeah, it's okay to, I think, it's yeah. okay to have a little emotion. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, it was so, awesome. So it's funny, the fact that you guys have five seasons, how important was it for the rest of you to play, you know, for them to kind of send them out these guys we've been through so much um and i say we because i feel like i should be right there with them but um thank goodness she's not i know <laughs> i'm so proud to call them teammates but even more so to call them friends they're phenomenal people they're going to be phenomenal you know whatever career path they choose <laughs> wives mothers um that I've gotten the experience to play with them. Um, every single one of them brings something different to our team, and without their leadership, I don't know that we would be the team that we are. Um, so I'm just really thankful that I've had this experience. So you go Carmen G. Filler following a 34-point performance to lead Montana to a 71-57 victory over Montana State, snapping a seven-game losing streak for the Lady Grizz to the Montana State Bobcats. We're up against it, so we'll circle back around to some of the Montana State feedback from that women's game. But the Montana Athletic Department took care of business against the Bobcats at home in football, men's basketball, and women's basketball. Is the mystique of Missoula back? We'll finish the Montana Basketball Hour right after this. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. The advocates can help you if you've been injured in an automobile, motorcycle, pedestrian, or even a dog bite accident. For additional information on other types of cases that the advocates handle, you can always visit MontanaAdvocates.com. You can chat with an experienced attorney with no upfront out-of-pocket expense. Visit online or call 406-640-4444 today. Or you can visit MontanaAdvocates.com. And remember, you deserve an advocate. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. What up, Montana? Welcome back. A little Third Eye Blind for you here on a Monday. Hope you're having a great start to your week. Can't wait to kick it with Third Eye Blind. June 24th, Kettle House Amphitheater here in Missoula. Should be a really fun one. Very much looking forward to that and just the return of concert season in general. Rolling through the Montana Basketball Hour here on Nuanas Now. Ravelry Weekend 
in Missoula. The women played on Saturday night. The men played on Sunday afternoon. The Grizzlies swept the affair. And now we're into the final week of the regular season. We'll talk around the big sky in women's basketball on Thursday. We'll also talk around the big sky in men's basketball about 5.30 in this show. The University of Montana Athletic Department has experienced uh, an unbelievable amount of volatility since I was in college. I graduated in 2009, and there's been all sorts of different things, from NCAA sanctions to a sexual assault scandal to a book by John Krakauer to hirings and firings in unceremonious and oftentimes um, poorly executed manners to probably the most striking to me, the profound fall from grace for the Lady Grizz basketball team, which was the dominant team in the Big Sky Conference in any sport besides probably Northern Arizona men's cross country over the last 30 years. Lady Grizz have only won one postseason game since Robin Selvig retired. They had only beat the rival Bobcats one time since Robin Selvig retired. They broke through in a big way on Saturday against Montana State, and now the Lady Grizz are right there. They are knocking on the door of getting one of those first-round buys in Boise, and if they can harness the momentum and the performance of what they played like on Saturday night, they might be able to make a run in the tournament. Trisha Binford, Montana State women's basketball coach, had her team on a seven-game winning streak against the rival, and they had won 12 out of the last 14. She had really flipped and turned the rivalry on its head. Coach Binford, though, she pointed to one specific factor as to why the Lady Grizz were able to roll like they did on Saturday. I think the bigger element today was the crowd. I, I thought the crowd was fantastic. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it just gets loud in every moment, right? So for us, we just need to be able to kind of just continue playing our game. I thought we were a little bit reactive today. Uh, we had a pretty tough preseason schedule with some road games with, with crowd noise, trying to prepare you for those moments. But you just need to get more of that experience to have the composure and the steadiness of just kind of playing our game. And I just felt like we never got to play in our game today. For the men Grizz, their leading trio are all sophomores. Josh Bannon, Brandon Whitney, Robbie Beasley. None of those three guys had ever played in a rivalry game in Missoula until yesterday. Let's just say they were pleasantly surprised. First, Josh Bannon, after his 23-point performance to lead Montana to an 80-74 victory over Montana State. Yeah, that, that was sick. That was probably one of my best basketball experiences in my life. Definitely. That's the most fans I've ever played in front of. Um, the students were awesome. Love to see the students getting out to games. It'd be great. They continue to do so. Um, but, yeah, that, that like, you, you can't really talk to that. You know, when the other team goes on a run and then we, you know, we make one play, the home crowd just 
it erupts and that that sort of swings the momentum even if the momentum might not be in our favor just having the home crowd i think it's it's huge and that really helped us tonight josh big win but how do you harness the momentum now by down the stretch here and then into the tournament Bog. <laughs> Um, yeah, we get two more big opportunities this weekend. Sac State, Northern Colorado, at home. Um, winning at home is something we've prided ourselves on all year. We've got to continue to do that going into these games. So really just lock in this week through practice, get ready for those two, and build some post positive momentum going into Boise because that's really what it's all about. Montana Basketball Hour here on Nuanas Now. Travis to cure his ball hog comments because he was, he was hoarding the mics. We were doing this thing in the beer garden. Don't get me started as to why or how that even happened, or why we're doing post-game press conferences in the East Auxiliary Gym, that's a discussion for a different time. There was no XLR box, so the TV guys had to have them pass the mics down the row. Either way, let's hear from Brandon Whitney. He had 17 points against Montana State, and he had a similar reaction to Josh Bannon about his first Cat Grizz game in Missoula with fans in the house. This might have been the biggest game of uh, my life, to be honest, too. Uh, since last year, we, didn't, uh, we weren't able to play him. Um, but this year, we're having the fans... And just having that atmosphere is just is crazy. So there you go. Some reactions and commentary about the rivalry games between Montana and Montana State. The Grizz sweep the Bobcats this year in Missoula. So sort of a return to the traditional way that this rivalry went for a very long time when it came to the battle on the hardwood. The Montana Basketball Hour in the books. Hour two coming at you. We're going to talk. So Big Sky Cowboys Indoor Track and Field Championships. And also... Look around the Big Sky Conference as the final week of regular season basketball commences. The Montana Basketball Hour is brought to you by the Advocates. The Advocates can help you if you've been injured in an automobile accident, a motorcycle accident, or even bitten by a dog. For additional information on other types of cases the Advocates handle, visit MontanaAdvocates.com. You can chat with an experienced attorney with no upfront out-of-pocket expenses. Visit online or call 640-4444. And remember, you deserve an advocate. Nuana's now coming at you. Hour number two. Keep it right here. ESPN Radio. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago. And in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere. 
msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus. 